Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. How are you today? Good to see you guys here. We have a full house here today, and it is so good to see all of you here. And I would suspect we have people watching back in the uh, community room as well, so welcome to you. I am glad you're here. Thanks for coming today. Uh, today we're starting a brand new series called Legacy. And I have to admit, I have mixed emotions today. On the one hand, I'm very excited about this series, and I'm excited because in this series, not only will you hear from Pastor Jeremy as he teaches, but you're also going to get to hear from his wife, Michelle, as they will be teaching one time together, so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that uh, Ajay Lal, Dr. Lal, is going to be with us. He's a missionary from India, and we've been supporting him for years and years, doing an absolutely phenomenal work over in India, and it's been a long time since he's been here, and so I'm really excited that uh, you're going to get to hear from him. So on the one hand, I'm really excited. On the other hand, I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm a bit melancholy today because this is the next to last message that I'll be teaching at Abundant Life Church. Uh, my next message will be on the last Sunday that I'm here, and I'm sure you'll want to note this down. It's going to be November the 19th, okay? That's in about four weeks from now. And so I'm a little bit sad because that day is quickly approaching. Uh, on that Sunday, the Lord willing, what I'm going to do is teach from the passage of Scripture that I taught from uh, back in June of 1989 when I launched Abundant Life Church. And that passage is Isaiah chapter 6, okay? I can't find the, the notes from that sermon for the life of me, and so I have no idea what, what I'm going to uh, say to you on that, that day and from that sermon. That's why I say the good Lord willing, I'm going to do that. Because if I can't think of anything, I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I'm not sure what. But anyway, I'm glad you're here, and uh, today we're talking about legacy. What's a legacy? A legacy, it's, it's what you leave behind, right? It's what you're going to be remembered for. There are people uh, in this world today who leave amazing legacies. You, you would have to agree with me. And some legacies are so huge that uh, they get, I guess, the good fortune of having their name put on stuff. Okay, like, for example, can somebody tell me what this is right here? Yeah, Tom McCall, uh, Waterfront Park. Anybody know who he was? He was a governor, right, the 30th governor of, of Oregon, okay? And what about this? What's this? It's Reed College, yeah, okay. Uh, I forgot their names. Amanda was her name. I forgot what his name is. How <laughs> quickly we forget. I guess we'll go look at the building. And uh, anyway, and so there's Reed College. Okay, what about this here? Yeah, the, the Glenn Jackson Bridge. You know, he was an Oregon business guy and kind of a... Uh, transportation expert and all of this. What's this here? Powell's Bookstore, obviously. Yes, yes, my uncle, Walter Powell, owns uh, that bookstore. You guys didn't know that, did you? Yeah, I wish. I really do. I wish you did. Why, why do people have their names on stuff? Because they want to be remembered, right? People want to be remembered, or maybe somebody else wants them to be remembered, and so they want to make sure they get their name put on something, a bridge or a park or, or, or something. Martin Luther was asked the question, what would you do if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? And he says, I would go out and plant a tree. I'd go out and plant a tree. Why would he go plant a tree? Well, obviously, it's because he wants to leave a legacy. 
He wants to leave something behind. He, wants to leave, he wanted to leave something that he knew he would be remembered for. And I think all of us have that within us. We, we want to leave something behind. We want to leave a legacy. I think all of us at some point in our lives, in maybe those introspective moments, maybe those deep reflective moments, maybe after a near-death experience, or maybe as you're getting older, we begin to ask ourselves these, these difficult kinds of questions, these sobering kinds of questions like, what am I going to be remembered for? Will anybody miss me when I'm gone? Was this world a better place because I lived here? And whether we ever say it aloud or not, I think all of us have within us this, this longing deep within our souls to know that when we come to the end of our life, that we know we made a difference, that we know we mattered to somebody. Because we all instinctively know and believe what the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy. And I've shown you this verse before. We drank from wells we did not dig, and we are warmed by fires that we did not kindle. What's that verse saying to us? Every one of us here is blessed because somebody went before us. And all of us drank from wells. We didn't dig those wells. And all of us are warmed by fires. And we didn't, we didn't start those fires. And so the question comes to you and me that we have to ask ourselves is, who will be blessed because I live today? Who will be blessed tomorrow because of my life today? It's a question all of us will face. What did I leave behind? You know, uh, last week we just finished this story called, this series called Narrative. And it was a great setup to this series that we're teaching now. And I believe the novelist Margaret Atwood got it so right when she made this statement. In the end, we all become stories. In the end, we all become stories. You see, it's not a matter of will you leave a legacy. You will leave a legacy. The question is, what kind of legacy will you leave? I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to picture that you're in a room and you're, you're watching people mingling about and they're talking. And you realize they're talking about you. And your memorial service just ended. And all these people are standing around and they're talking about you. They're using words to describe you. What would those words be? They're telling stories about your life. What would those stories reflect? You can open your eyes. That's your legacy. That's what you leave behind. Now, typically, when we talk about leaving a legacy, when we talk about passing something down or leaving something behind, most typically we think of, of money or buildings or possessions or an endowment or something of that nature. And there's certainly nothing wrong with any of those things. All of those are very important things. But what you leave behind is so much more important than the material things that you leave here. When I tell people that I'm transitioning from abundant life and, and they haven't heard that I'm transitioning, I've had people on a numerous occasions now, they say, you will be missed. You will be missed. And the whole time I'm kind of smiling on the inside and, and thinking to myself, 
I hope so. I hope so. Because there's something in all of us we want to know that we're going to be missed. And I know how quickly people can be forgotten. But more than being missed, what I'm really concerned about and what I'm really reflective about is this. How will I be remembered? How will I be remembered? Will my life have mattered? What will I have communicated? What will people say about my character? Whose lives will have been changed because I was alive? In many respects, it's like the highlight reel of your life. And people are going to be talking about you. What will you leave behind? How will you be remembered? I love the story of these two guys, these two brothers. They lived in a small town. They were business guys, and they were dishonest, and they cheated everybody they ever did business with. Nobody liked them. One day, one of the brothers died. And so the other brother went to the pastor and said, I want you to speak at my brother's memorial, and I will give you a very large sum of money if you will say in the course of your eulogy that he was a saint. And the pastor is thinking to himself, I can't do this. I I couldn't possibly lie like this. And he was in a dilemma because the church was extremely poor and they needed the money. And so he said he would do it. And so the day came for the memorial service and the place was absolutely packed. Not because they loved this brother, but because they wanted to hear, what's the pastor going to say? And so he gets up and and he speaks and he says, all of you know that the dearly departed was a despicable person. No one here liked him. In fact, he probably cheated every single one of you. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. What are you going to be remembered for? What are people going to say about you? It's your legacy. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to realize you don't wait until you're on your deathbed. You don't wait until you're old. You don't wait until you have a near-death experience to start writing your legacy. You write your legacy today. Every single day you and I are writing a legacy, and you need to write it right now. And, And here's the reason why. What is said about you tomorrow will be determined by how you live your life today. Whatever people are going to say about you tomorrow, it's determined because of how you lived your life today. I have done more funerals in my 42 years of ministry than I can shake a stick at. And there have been times where I've visited with a family and I've asked them to tell me something about your loved one. What is it you would like for me to share about this person? What did he mean to you? And I have to say it's one of the most awkward moments in all of the world when the family sits there and they can't think of anything to say. And I've literally had people tell me, he, he, he liked to play checkers. He loved crossword puzzles. Oh, yeah, he was a big Blazer fan. He liked soap operas. And I'm sitting there thinking, is that all? Is that all? You've got to say. And so I I plead with you, please live your life in such a way so that when you die, when you leave this earth, that people aren't sitting around kind of rubbing their chin and avoiding eye contact and kind of scratching their head. I don't know. 
And please live your life in such a way that the pastor doesn't have to lie about you, okay, when, when they do your service. Most of us here, honestly, will never get our name on a bridge. Probably some building is not going to be named after us, some park. And the honest truth is those things really don't matter because they're all going to burn up anyway. What really matters is how you lived your faith. Were you a person of faith and how was that faith expressed? When I go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and a lot of you are really familiar with this. It's the great heroes of the faith. And over and over again, there are two words that appear in this chapter. By faith. And it says, by faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. And it goes on and on and on. And there's all these great people, these great men and women of faith who did amazing things. Lived amazing lives. Contributed in amazing ways. And they got their name in this list. And sometimes when you read a list like that, you can actually get discouraged because you think, I'm just an average Joe. I mean, I'm not, not an Abraham. I, I'm, I'm not Enoch. I'm not Abe. I'm not these people. And honestly, there's some things about my life that I'm not proud of. And I'm just not sure I'd ever make a list like that. And as you, as you read through this list, I am so incredibly grateful for a few people who made it onto that list. Because as you read through that chapter, it goes on and says, By faith, Rahab, the prostitute. Isn't that great? How many, I mean, how many of you are just glad that a person like that made it onto the list? I am. By faith, Samson. I mean, what do we know about Samson? He was a really strong person, right? A really strong guy. But a lot of, uh, um, you know, weaknesses, okay? He, he loved women, Okay. And, and, and so he had a lot of, of weaknesses. And then it goes on and, and it says, by faith, Gideon. Gideon was, um, he was afraid. He had an inferiority complex. He had all kinds of insecurity. He was hiding when God called him to go do something great. He says, not me. You've got to be kidding. And I love it that these people made it onto the list because what that shows me is that, that you don't have to be perfect in order to, to leave a great legacy. In fact, what I love about this chapter, and as you read further in Hebrews 11 verse 34, it says, they were made strong, how? Out of their weaknesses. I am so grateful that God does not abandon us in our brokenness. I'm so grateful that God doesn't dismiss us because we have weaknesses. In fact, not only does he not abandon us and not only does he not dismiss us, but he uses us and he brings greatness out of our weaknesses. And that's the great thing about God and what I love about how you and I can leave a great legacy. But, and you don't have to be perfect, but I'm telling you this, you've got to fight for it. If you're going to leave a great legacy, you have to fight for it. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to fight for it. In Jude, the, the third verse, it tells us this. Fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to you. You have to fight for this legacy that, that you want to leave because no one just drifts toward faithfulness. And you don't just drift toward a great legacy. You don't just drift there. You don't get there by accident. You have to be very intentional. And I think one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, but I think one of the reasons you and I have to be intentional, why we have to fight for it, is because we're broken people. 
we're all just a little bit messed up, right? Yeah, turn, turn to the person next to you and say, you are, you're just a little bit messed up, okay? And, and all of us are. We, we, we know that about ourselves. We're broken and we're sinful. And that's why I love Paul and the fact that he left an incredible legacy and he was so in tune with his own humanity. He was in tune with his own brokenness. When he described himself, he would use phrases like, I'm the chief of sinners. He would say, what a wretched person I am. And he was in touch with his, his own brokenness. And if you look at his life, he made, an incredible, he made incredible accomplishments, but he had horrible failures and incredible setbacks. But yet he left an amazing legacy, a powerful legacy. And, and, and what I think is probably the greatest legacy statement in the Bible are words that came from his mouth in 2 Timothy where it says in, verse, in chapter 4, and notice the power of the words he uses. The time for my departure is near. In other words, I'm about ready to leave this earth. He says, I have fought. Notice that word. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And I've kept the faith. Those are very powerful words. And as I read those words and think about Paul and his legacy, what I find interesting in this verse, this one phrase, is what he didn't say. He didn't say a thing about places he had traveled. He didn't say anything about his education. He didn't say anything about his degrees. He didn't say anything about the churches he had started. None of those things. And I think the reason why is because Paul flat out wanted his legacy to be described in one word, and that word would be faithful. He wanted to be a person that was known, not just being a person of faith, but that he was faithful. Anne and I have had the incredible privilege of being able to move here to Oregon 28 years ago and start this church. And by God's grace, we have had the joy of watching this church become the church that it is today. And that will always be a part of our legacy, for which I'm extremely grateful and I'm extremely humbled. But i got to be honest with you. When it comes to the end of my life, I pray that I'll be remembered for more than just having started a church. I pray that I'll be remembered because I was faithful. Not perfect, mind you, okay, because God knows I'm not perfect. You know I'm not perfect. And my wife of all people knows I'm not perfect. But I pray that when people talk about me, that one of the words they will use is he was faithful. He was faithful. I, I really appreciate what Jeremy had to say last week in the message. He says, I'm thankful that God doesn't hold some of our dumb ideas against us as we grow in our faith. And I was thinking to myself, me too, me too. And, and as I thought about that this week, I, I expounded upon that a little bit further. And I, and I thought, I'm so glad that he doesn't hold any of their sins against us and our struggles and our brokenness and our screw-ups. And, and so I hope that I'll be remembered above anything else, not that I was perfect, not that I started a church, but I was faithful. May I suggest to you today that if you want to leave a legacy, a great legacy, one that's worth talking about, then you'll find the ingredients in that verse that I just read for you, this powerful verse and words. It's very simple but, but very inspiring statements. Paul says, first off, just fight the good fight. And I would encourage you to write that down. Write the word fight. You mean fight for your faith. You and I have to realize 
that as a follower of Jesus Christ, every day we're in a battle. And the last thing that you and I can afford to do is become casual with our faith. Because here's what happens. When you become casual with your faith, it's just a matter of time before you become careless with your faithfulness. And so you have to fight for your faith. Again, you're not going to just drift into a great legacy. You have to fight for it. And Paul understood this in 1 Corinthians 9.25. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just pretending. But I'm dead serious about this. And he says, I have to fight for for my faith, I have to fight for my legacy. The second thing he said was to finish the race. He says, I'm going to finish this. He says, the, the time is near, and, and I have finished the race. And, and what he's talking about and what you and I have to understand is that finishing, it's all about persevering in the process. Don't give up because sometimes life gets difficult. And sometimes things happen in life that you don't understand. Sometimes it's self-inflicted, and sometimes it's things that come out of the blue, and you don't know where they came from. And everything in you wants to bail, everything in you wants to walk away, and you get discouraged and you get disheartened and you want to walk away. And Paul says, no, 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 I have finished. I have finished the race. And that's what I want for you. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, out of the message, I love how he says this. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. And I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else about it, and then missing out myself. He says, I'm going to finish this. And that's my prayer for you. I want you to finish the race. I want you to finish well. And then he says, I've kept the faith. That's what you and I need to do. We need to keep the faith. You need to hang in there. The word keep means to guard. It means to watch over. It means to manage. Back in the summer, I did a series called Masterpiece. And in that series, one of the principles that I was teaching to you was to make big decisions early in life and then manage them on a daily basis. One of the biggest decisions you'll ever make is decisions relative to your faith and how your faith is practically lived out every day. But it's something that you have to manage because, again, it, it just doesn't happen. And what I, I think all of us need to understand is that there's no way you can do this by yourself. There's no way you can fight the good fight. There's no way you can finish the race. There's no way you can keep the faith by yourself. You have to depend upon Jesus. You need God in your life to make that happen. And it's a daily sacrifice. And, again, you'll hear it and see it in Paul's words in Galatians where he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I mean, I've just I've been crucified with him. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Jesus. It's Christ who lives in me. And so the life that I live now, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. But you, you hear it come out in his voice. I, I've, been, I've sacrificed my life. I've surrendered it. I've given it over to him. And I think, and I don't know, maybe this isn't true for you, but it's true for me. For me, that has to happen every moment of every day. Every moment of every day to guard, to watch over. Jesus, he made this so very clear. In Luke chapter 9, he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross. How often? Daily, on a daily basis, and follow me. What I'm saying to you is do whatever you need to do in order to, to fight for your faith, to leave a great legacy, to be remembered as a person of faith. I don't know what you have to do. But you do whatever you have to do to make that happen. Because in the end, we all become stories. And people are going to say something about you. How great would it be 
if they spoke about your faith and your faithfulness as it was lived out with your friends, with your family, in your community, and in your church. You will be remembered for something. They say last words are lasting words. Well, since this is my next to last message, I want to share some of my last words with you. And I'm just going to sit down and, and just talk to you for just a second. There, there's just a couple of things. And this is where I have to guard my emotions and try not to cry. And, and I'll, 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 so, I, so far I've been okay. So I'll see how I do in this service. The first thing I want to say is that I am so incredibly, incredibly proud of this church. I, I love this church to death. And when I say I'm proud of it, I, that's in a good way, okay. I mean, I'm proud in a really good way. Uh, of this church. I, I'm proud of you, and, and I'm proud of what we've become over the last 28 years. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm proud of the culture of this church. The culture, it's, it's what people feel when they walk in here. Those of us who are here every week, you kind of get immune to the culture. But all you have to do is listen to somebody that's coming for the first time or somebody who's trying to find their way back to God, and you learn something about the culture. And what I love and what I hear people say is I found God in this church because I was accepted here and I was welcomed here. And I love it that this is a place, this is a church where it doesn't really matter who you are. You're invited and you're welcomed and you're accepted here. It doesn't mean that we all agree with one another. We don't. Somebody said if we, if we're all, if we both agree on the same thing, then one of us isn't necessary. And so I, I love the fact that. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't give a rip if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. I don't, I don't care if you're tatted out or if you're anti-tattoos, okay? There's some theological stuff that I really don't care, you know, what you believe about that. Because when you stand before God, it's not going to matter. I think what does matter, what Jesus says, is by this when all people know you're my disciples if you love one another. And, that, and that's the culture of this church. And so I'm incredibly proud uh, of you uh, because I believe that's who we are. I'm proud of our leadership. Uh, you don't know all of our leaders, uh, but you've got some great leaders in, in your elder team and, and in your staff. Uh, they're incredible people. They, they have a passion for God. They have a passion for this church. They have a passion for lost people. And um, they have a vision to see this church continue to reach many, many people for Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm so proud of this church because this church is not a personality-driven church. In other words, it's not about me, and you haven't made it about me, and it's not about Jeremy who's going to succeed me. And guess what? It's not about you either. This church is about Jesus Christ. If there's any personality involved, it's Jesus Christ. And so we are a mission-driven church, and our mission always has been to reach as many people as possible for Jesus. And that will always be our mission. And so because of that, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to, to be incredibly supportive of this church. Be incredibly supportive. But I, I want you to be supportive with your prayers. Keep praying for Abundant Life Church. And I want you to keep attending Abundant Life Church. I want you to keep inviting people to Abundant Life Church. I am. I'm inviting people like crazy to come. I, I, this is the best church in Portland, if you didn't know that, okay? <laughs> and so I, uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, oftentimes in transition seasons, churches will actually struggle. 
and, and will kind of take a little nosedive in attendance and all that stuff. I don't see that happening here. And so I encourage you uh, to remain faithful. Nothing, nothing will thrill me more <clears throat> than when Ann and I come back, whenever that is. And again, I'm not leaving. Today's not my last. This sounds like my last sermon, but it's not. Just remember the 19th. But whenever Ann and I come, come back, and because um, and, and this will remain our church home, when we are back uh, in town and are in and out, nothing will thrill my heart more than to see you. And to see you attending, to see you serving, to see you inviting other people, to see you giving. I encourage you to keep giving. I encourage you to keep financially supporting this church. Ann and I have always made it a priority to support our church. And we will continue by God's grace to do that into the future. Which, which brings me to something else that's very important. Um, next month marks the one-year anniversary of All In. If you remember, uh, a year ago we started an initiative, a campaign called All In. And that campaign had two primary focuses. One was to expand our physical capacity, and the other was to expand our spiritual capacity. And we've been able to do that in a major way over this past year. The expansion of our spiritual capacity. One of my desires is that Abundant Life Church just grow deep, not just larger, but deep. And so we launched Rooted, this discipleship experience. And we've had over 500 people to participate so far. And we've had some amazing stories to come out of that. And so I encourage you to, to jump into Rooted when you get a chance. That's the expansion of our spiritual capacity. We talk about expanding our, our physical capacity because our heart is to reach as many people as possible. And so over this past year, we, uh, we've seen lots of wonderful things happen. We've paid off the Sandy campus. We've completed the build-out of the Vancouver campus. And after the turn of this year, uh, because we've been through the planning process and we're in the permitting process right now, when the weather breaks, um, I fully believe that you will see the, uh, the, ex the expansion or the widening of Hemrick Road so that we can create another turn lane for people to get in and out of here real easy or easier, okay? And I'm really, really excited about that. But this is what I want you to hear. I want, you, I want to say something to you, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say to you. This past week, I had the opportunity to sit and visit with some of my elder team, and we had a discussion. And because the transition is going so well, and because the transition is going so quickly, I believe and we agree that we should bring the all-in campaign to an end. And so it's going to come to a close at the end of this year. And, and the reason for that is because we want to leave room for God to speak into the life of our new senior leader. Okay? We want to make room for that to happen. All in started with me, and we've, been, we've completed so much of what we talked about, and we'll complete a whole lot more. But what this does, it, it allows for a very clean and very natural closing of chapter 1 and a very fresh and new start and vision to chapter 2. And that's why. And so what, what's this mean for you? Basically, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Keep supporting financially. Many of you uh, made a commitment to increase your giving when we started all in. And again, if by God's grace, I encourage you to continue giving at that level. And if you're not giving right now, I encourage you to do that. Honestly, what, that could be part of your legacy to know that you were a part of, of a church so amazing as Abundant Life Church and that you were a part financially in helping to reach people for Jesus Christ. Because just as individuals leave legacies, guess what? So do churches leave legacies.
And this church has an amazing legacy. And what a shame not to be a part of it. So I encourage you to do that. You can go onto our website uh, this afternoon at uh, Abundant Life Church, ALCPDX.com. Uh, and, and, and Dave, when he comes to close out, we'll give you a little bit more detail on that. And you can see some questions and answers about that. In, in that regard, here's something else I want to say to you. I want you to get behind your new senior leader, Jeremy, 100%. Because I am. I am 100% behind him. I am so incredibly grateful and humbled that God allowed our past and our lives to cross the way they did. I had a relatively long list of criteria that I was uh, looking for uh, and qualifications that I was looking for in who would succeed me. And Jeremy met every single one of them. He has a passion for lost people, just as this church does. He has a passion for the local church. Uh, he uh, has a passion for Jesus. He's a, he's a pretty good preacher. And, uh, and, uh, and he has a, he's, isn't he a great communicator? He's, he's amazing, isn't he? And, and he's an equally great leader. You don't get to see that as, as much as I do and, and the staff, but he's an incredibly gifted leader as well. And so I'm just fully, fully behind him. And I want you to be as well. Um, the last thing I want to say, and I, and I will say this again on the 19th of November, and that's saying, I love you. Ann and I love you to death. And we are so grateful for the journey that God has allowed us to take over these 28 years uh, together as a church family. And, um, and we're going to miss you. But again, this is our church home, always will be, and we can't wait to, to come back and, and be a part uh, when we're back in town. But also, thank you, thank you. I also want to say thank you. Um, thank you for letting me be your pastor. I'm, I'm humbled by that, and, and I'm, uh, I've counted a great honor to have been able to do so. Legacy, it, it's what we leave behind. It's what you're going to be remembered for. In the end, we all become stories. This is, what I, this is what Paul wanted for his life. It's what I want for my life, and I think it's what you probably want for your life too. When Paul came to the end, he says, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but it's for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. If you want to leave a great legacy, this is what you need to do. Make the decision that every day you will live for and you will look for Jesus. You want to leave a great legacy? Live every day for Jesus. Live out your faith. Look for him every day. And the reason that's important is this. In the end, what you did, what you possessed, it won't be nearly as important as who you followed. So follow Jesus every day. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for your love for us. And thank you, God, that as we live out our life, every day we have the opportunity to write a story. Lord, help us to live our lives in such a way that when people remember us, they remember our faithfulness. They remember how we practically followed Jesus and how that impacted the lives of people close to us.
so that, God, we can come to the end of our life and, and hear from you those incredible words, well done, well done, good and faithful servant.